welcome to Cast of Thrones, a special episode of Cast of Thrones. I'm your host, Jennifer Cheek, you guys know me, but I'm here with a special guest today, my friend Allison Reinhardt Malden from the blog Food in General. Hello. <laughs> so, Allison, can you give us just a general description of what your blog is first so people will know who you are? Um, well, the title's pretty accurate. It is just sort of my general thoughts about food. Um, most of the posts have recipes. Uh, but not all. And I kind of have a focus on exploring the internet for recipes and how to navigate sort of the pitfalls that um, you can find sometimes in online recipes. Yeah, I, I, I know, I think one of the first ones you did was for cinnamon rolls. Yeah. And you were comparing different cinnamon rolls recipes, which I thought was really helpful because it's funny because all three of the blogs that you did comparisons from are blogs that I regularly read and take recipes from. So it's super helpful mm -hmm. uh, to be able to see you know, here are some different ones. Are you doing uh, more comparison posts or is it more just like, I found this recipe and this is how it was for me? I haven't done as many comparison posts. I did do one in, let's say, a few months ago about orange sherbet mm -hmm. and it was two recipes I compared. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't, honestly, I'm not that organized about it. So, <laughs> so just kind of whatever, whatever you feel <laughs> yeah. like talking about, whatever you feel like cooking or baking at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really interesting because you know, I think people like a generation older than us are more on the cookbook range. But for me, I, I honestly hardly ever use cookbooks. I, I just troll the different cooking blogs online. So exactly. I think it's cool that you've gotten into that and that you're talking about specifically cooking with an like an internet <laughs> focus. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Anyway, um, so let me give an explanation of why I have my friend on who is a cooking blog person. Um, Allison did on her blog several posts about making food from Game of Thrones. Now, Allison, you're a fan mm -hmm. of Game of Thrones, correct? Yes, very much. Of course. Um, so do you watch just a TV show or do you read the books as well? Um, it started with the show um, and then I mm -hmm. I read the books probably yeah. in the course of last year. I think a lot year. of people... <laughs> yeah. I, I th so have you read all of them at this I point? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's how it works for a lot of people. Now, I, I know I got started because Tim was reading them, and this was, like, very shortly before the very first season, and I was, like, in the throes of grad school, and I was like, oh, I'm just oh, going to read it. And the, the book, they take over your they life do. once you start. <laughs> and um, I think a huge part, a, a thing that gets kind of made, well, hold on, let's, let me back up for a second first, and let's talk about the books more before I get to the food yeah. side. Um, so having read all of the books right now, what, what okay, let's, let's ask first, which one is your favorite book? Oh, okay, well. I didn't. I didn't prepare <laughs> no, no, you for no, that's that. One. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a hard time keeping uh, the titles straight, but oh yeah, that's fine. You can do one through oh, okay. five. Okay, three, absolutely. Yeah, I th I think, <laughs> and that's the season we're in right now. Um, I think three is. I think that's a favorite for almost everyone. Really? I, I think it's the. I think it's yeah. From what I've from what I've heard anyway, I think I think either the second one, A Clash of Kings, or the third, uh, Storm of Swords, is probably. Like, those are the height of it. Not like four and five are bad or anything. No, it's just. But I did struggle with those a little more. I feel like yeah. there's some big changes in the character. Uh, Absolutely. Which ones are emphasized more than others. And you kind of lose track of the your favorites from the first three for a while. <laughs> and sometimes they're not even there. Yeah. <laughs> some of the later books. Now, uh, we won't do any spoilers, no spoilers. for. We, we, yeah, we only do whatever is on the show as of this point. So, you know the first two episodes of season three for us right now, because we're, there's going to be an episode later tonight recording on Sunday. Um, but 
I think it's okay to talk about generally, you know, impressions of like okay, books. Okay, okay. Um, so at this at this point, I would say, having read all of them, how what which one? Who is your favorite character from the series? Um, I feel like everybody probably says this, but Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that's completely understandable too. <laughs> he's, I don't know, he's very um, funny, but mm-hmm. he has a lot of depth too. So exactly, yeah. And I, th- I think as the show and the books progress too, you see more and more of that. Now, I've heard rumors that this season there may be less Tyrion on screen, so oh. I don't know how you feel about that. I know. <laughs> so sad. But you're really, like, looking back at book three, he's a little bit less. He's in it, but a little bit less. So that is sad. I, mean to, like, well, I love Peter Dinklage, <laughs> break, too. Break your heart. Yeah, <laughs> I like to watch him. Yeah, he's great, pretty, he's great in pretty much everything that he right. does. Um, it's funny, like, I obviously, I love Tyrion. He's one of my favorites. I feel like I'm, like, a total weirdo because my... I love the Greyjoys so much, oh. and I don't oh. even know why. <laughs> Everyone hates the. Well, I don't think people hate Asha. Uh, I mean, she's kind of weird. I don't show. Hate her, her character's a little different. Yeah, yeah. she's a but product of why. our culture. Like, yeah, I think they're grumpy, and I don't know. I they're. Um, I think that at one point I called in one of our podcasts. Theon's a whoopee. Like he's that that person. Like I feel, even though he's such a jerk, I feel so bad for him, Aww. and I just want to like give him a hug and be like, all right, mm-hmm. let's let's like fix you. Let's fix you. You're so yeah, broken. He has some issues <laughs> in, in so many ways. Um, but anyway, so going back on track of what <laughs> this interview is actually about, not just general Game of Thrones stuff. Okay. Um, at, as all of you who have read the books know, there is a huge focus in Game of Thrones on food. Uh, some people don't like that as much, but I know personally, as, as a person who likes to cook and bake, um, I loved George R. R. Martin's descriptions of food in the book. Yeah. I was like, oh, this makes me... Hu-. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Like, I feel like you're either the kind of person who hates that sort of description or who loves it. And I personally, I love it. Uh, and I just want to... It makes me hungry. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it's so, about food, I love it. If it's about landscape or something, maybe not. Yeah, a little well. bit less... <laughs> Yeah, I do get, a, yeah, that gets a little more boring, but food <laughs> stuff, that I'm into. Um, so I, I guess as you were reading through the book, so what sparked you to, to think, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to tackle some of these recipes from Game of Thrones? Um, I guess I did, I did pick up on the food in the books, um, and a few stood out to me, like, I know this is so, it's such a small thing, but, um, one scene where Benjamin Stark, like, spears an onion and pulls it, like, mm-hmm. out of the oh, gravy yeah. and it's dripping gravy. And I was like, that's so cool. And I would totally eat that. Um, yeah. And then I think I heard about the cookbook later on. Um, and my husband gave it to me as a gift. So um, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I got into the official stuff. I don't know if I would have been brave enough to actually create uh, a recipe from scratch based on the book. Oh, yeah. that's Well, it's hard because, uh, I mean, they're, they're medieval recipes, mm-hmm. essentially, because that's the general, you know, the fake time period that it's playing <laughs> right. off of. Um, so I don't know, I don't know a ton about medieval cooking, but, so the book you're using is In at the Crossroads, mm-hmm. correct? Right, or it's, it's a the, Feast it, of Ice and Fire, which is based right. on a blog called The In at In the, at Crossroads. the Crossroads, yeah. Yeah, um, and I know that they, from what I've seen on their, their website, they do, they'll do the medieval recipe, and then they'll do modern reinterpretations yes. of the recipe, because mm-hmm. things that worked back then are not always going to be pleasing to modern palates. You may not have the same, uh, ingredients. Yeah, and it's very. True. And they even. They, I, I was just laughing because I was just looking at their website, and they even they have a section on there of like food they won't even try because there's some weird stuff <laughs> in the books. Uh-huh. Like they they talk about like what is it like the honeyed locust and like puppies. I think fetal puppies. Like yeah, 
Yeah, fatal puppies like on a stick. I don't I mean, know. It's like, well, okay, George R. R. Martin thought of that. Either that or he heard of it from some, like, historical source. Yeah. But. <laughs> I wonder what's up with that. Like, I wonder if that is, like, talked about in, like, ancient manuscripts or something. I, I may know. have to, like, research that in my own time. Because I don't know, like, what kind of a, what kind of a mind would be like, yes, <laughs> I'm going to make up this food. I'm going to talk about eating pup- puppy fetuses. I kind of really hope that he made it up just for the sake of the puppies. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes me sad. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> um, so, are these... Okay, so you did three different posts um, about food that you made for... This was for a premiere party, right? Yeah, that you it was just a little small party, about seven people. And so what did what did you make, exactly? Oh, well, let's see. The main course was the rack of lamb. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, what else? Lemon cakes and... Oh, yeah, you've got to do lemon cakes. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's such an iconic Game of Thrones It really is, <laughs> and there are a ton of recipes online, um, even different from the one in the cookbook. So, I mean, for mm-hmm. your listeners, that's the fun thing to Google and just see the different ones yeah. that come up. Um, what else did I do? A black bread recipe. Oh, and, nice. Um, oh, a, a buttered turnips, uh, which actually was more of a puree, but it kind of came out like a mashed potato type. Um, yeah, I know people are doing that. I, I think a lot of people too, um, that are into like paleo eating are doing oh. that with like turnips and rutabagas. Like, um, I, yeah, I have friends that do that a lot because they're not doing like maybe the starchy as much, the starchy vegetables. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe like turnips are going to be like more popular these days. I don't maybe. know. I feel like I keep seeing them more often. <laughs> I think they may be an acquired taste. Um, yeah. I, I had had them in my childhood and didn't yeah. really care for them. And still yeah. to this day, I've learned from this yeah. experience that I'm not crazy about them. But, um, yeah, I think I read on your blog that there was one turnip fan yeah. and <laughs> the, <laughs> the recipe did not necessarily make any new turnip no. fans, but for people who already like them, then it's, it's a yeah. good thing. It was, it was cool though, because, um, the, the, I also made the onions and the gravy. And it oh, went yeah. nicely with, it was sort of like a take on potatoes and gravy. Um, yeah. And I, I'm curious, have you ever heard of a mention of a potato in all of the Game of Thrones books? No, I, I don't think that I have. And that, <laughs> that kind of like blows my mind. We, we, I know we definitely at some point in our podcast have talked about the different vegetables and fruits that are available like and they talk about peat they, they talk about peas mm-hmm. a lot but like spelled like p-e-a-s-e yeah <laughs> and they talk about neeps and i don't i think I'm that's a turn sure what that is i think is that is. a term okay i think it's like a maybe that's just like okay maybe that's just like olden style language yeah. word or something but you know i you're, i really don't think they do talk about potatoes maybe they do maybe someone will correct me on twitter or later well yeah that would be an interesting like food history question maybe it's a new world food and he's kind of steering and yeah. just, like, keeping into the old world. I don't know, but... And now I'm confused because, like, in my head I'm like, oh, the Irish definitely had potatoes mm-hmm. because of potato famine, but maybe that was brought back. I don't know, actually. I'm pretty sure so. they started mm-hmm. in Peru, but I don't know how they got to Ireland, but... Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. I mean, so I guess that's why they are using turnips all the time, then if there's, you know, not a potato around. Um, I was also really interested in, you made a cheese and onion pie, because oh, that yeah, always sounded really that. good to me. It was delicious. <laughs> in the books. That was probably so, the the most, um, uh, it was everyone's favorite. And it wasn't yeah. hard at all. In fact, <clears throat> like, I don't know if you make pie crust a lot, but I don't think mm-hmm. it would be any problem to substitute whatever pie crust recipe you use. Like, I mm-hmm. generally do a traditional, like, butter, cut it into the flour, mm-hmm. And then yeah. add some ice water. Um, and their recipe is um, kind of a medieval pie crust that has 
uh, I think an egg yolk. I can't remember exactly. It might be a mm-hmm. whole egg. So it's a little different. Something to bind it. Um, but then what the filling is, is basically uh, kind of a roux with the flour and butter and then mm-hmm. um, cheese and milk and the cubed potatoes that you've already cooked. And so you just mm-hmm. mix it all up till it's melty and delicious. And then you put it in the pie crust. Put the second crust on top and you bake it. And, yeah. Oh my gosh, it oh, was really sounds... good. <laughs> my mom, my mom makes this like cheese potato casserole, and that's mm. basically what I'm imagining. It, I bet it's something like something that's like really. It's it sounds very rich. It was and fat and awesome. It could be. It could have been a main course, especially if you're uh, if you have a bunch of vegetarian Game of Thrones fans. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, we I served it as a side, but it's definitely rich enough mm-hmm. to be a main course. So how did you find uh, the difficulty level of the recipes overall? Oh, I, d- I didn't find them to be that difficult. Actually, I think bread is oftentimes the most intimidating thing for me, especially mm-hmm. uh, yeast bread. Quick breads are easy, but... Yes. Um, and I thought it was it was pretty simple, and it didn't have a long, complicated rise time. It was a mm-hmm. few hours, I think. Um, I th- I think bread for me, like, I've always, I was always, like, really nervous about making bread. And I decided, like, in the cold Boston winter, I'm like, I'm going to make bread this year. I'm going to do it. And I did it. I'm like, this is not hard Right. At all. Yeah. Once you try and, it. And you know what? <laughs> and bread, so, and, and the ingredients for bread are so cheap that, you know what? Even if you mess it up, who cares? Because it's literally, like, flour and, you know, water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing, it's so you know? True. There's not. And I don't um, think so people you, should shy away from, I mean, and this was even a whole wheat bread. Well, okay, it was a mm-hmm. half whole wheat. Um, yeah <laughs> and yeah um, and it still turned out really tender um with, mm-hmm. and it wasn't dry. not too tough because yeah yeah so that can I, yeah that's always my fear with with the whole wheat mm-hmm. bread so this was still still a good I one. will say like maybe people who know a little more about beer than me I'm not a mm-hmm. huge beer connoisseur but mm-hmm. um it the, I used a stout and it lended it's sort of a bitter uh mm. kind of overpowering taste but the longer the bread was out of the oven and kind of resting that mm-hmm. faded away a little bit. But I was thinking, you know, if you have a sweeter beer or something a little less of, um, in your face, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I did the, I did a very similar thing one time. I had like read some recipe for making your own refried beans with beer. And I'm like, awesome. I'm going to do this. And, but I used an IPA. Oh, <laughs> it tasted really weird. I would not recommend <laughs> that. That was a bad idea. So yeah, maybe, maybe we need, I'm sure somewhere there's a blog on the internet that talks about, you know, what alcohol to uh-huh. use in cooking. I mean, generally I go with like, if this, does this taste good by itself? It'd probably be good in cooking, but you do have to think about like the the you know flavor in the end like is the beer going to be overpowering right. too hoppy whatever um and the recipe does use yeah, a full just... bottle a full 12 ounce bottle so oh yeah, wow it's a lot of beer so it's the flavors definitely definitely in it there is. it's not cooked out <laughs> yeah um so i i don't know if you have made any more um of the recipes from the, the feast of ice and fire books but i i guess like I, I know that on the website they divide the food up by region, mm-hmm. and which which region would you say was your favorite or that you most wanted to try if you've not gotten a chance to? Well, yet? I was really surprised by this because I, I don't know I, the wall actually is probably my really? favorite, and I think it's maybe because I have sort of a more rustic. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a rustic feel, and I tend towards those things. Um, but I'm gonna see. I'm trying. I'm looking through the book now to see if there's yeah. Um, but, uh, let's see, apple cakes, um, 
I know they talk about food at the wall a lot too. It's a lot of yeah. like bacon and bread and they have that and big eggs storehouse and... where they just keep oh yeah meat and like, <laughs> it, it sounds like you, I think you're right. It, it does sound like very rustic. And I, I, I bet too, like the Winterfell. I, I feel like everything north is kind Winterfell of that rustic. Was, yeah, that would be my second pro- choice probably. Um, I, yeah. I was always very interested in the Dornish food. I think they have a little bit less of that on their website, and I haven't made anything from it, but the Dornish stuff is, like, more spicy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember them talking about, like, eggs with peppers and, like, um, stuffed grape leaves. Right. Like, very, like, Mediterranean. Very Mediterranean. I'm, I'm very interested. So, I don't know. Maybe sometime I'll make something from that, yeah. too. I don't know. I really haven't tried any of those yet. Yeah, that stuff looks really interesting. I mean, really all the food looks great on there yeah. oh i was gonna ask you too about the the lemon cakes I, I i read on your website that that you weren't like super impressed with them no um, not not really um the first one i tried was the medieval well okay it's not oh it's not um <laughs> medieval it's elizabethan mm-hmm. um okay <laughs> so let's get that straight different slightly different time period <laughs> um but i made them and i really followed the recipe closely and I don't think it had anything to do with what I was doing. You know, oftentimes it is um, cooked. Yeah. Forward. But they just right. weren't good. They were kind of um, hard, a little dry, and the lemon flavor was very mild. Um, and I like a strong, you know, oh, yeah. real lemon like flavor. Citrus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, so I made them again, and I sort of tried my hand at like, oh, I'll add this, and I'll... The, mm-hmm. I'll cream the butter and sugar this way, and it's still, it still, it just made it worse. So this time around, I made the modern ones, which are basically petty fours. And, um, yeah. of course, they tasted delicious, but I don't know how their food style has got the, the, the cakes to look like that in the photos. Because <laughs> I, I thought that yours looked really, so the photos on your website, were those yours or were those? Those were mine. Yeah, the ones that those, I, I thought those looked very pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought they looked nice. Yeah. If, you, if you ever, if you get the book and you look at the modern lemon cakes, they're perfect little cubes of cake, like with straight oh. sides and very few crumbs. <clears throat> I don't know how, how they do did people it. do that. I I've seen people cut cakes with um dental floss mm-hmm. before. Oh. I still feel like you'd get it. if it's a soft cake. I still don't. I don't know how you'd make it look. You know, nice and you know, neat. The recipe tells you to refrigerate it for thirty minutes, which I did. But I mean, maybe if you okay got it really, really cold or on the brink of frozen, maybe even frozen. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think I've done that before. What was I? I was making something recently, some sort of a, a cake situation that I had to cut, and they were like, "Yeah, you should freeze it for a while." Huh. Um, a lot of these things are really fussy, and in the end, yeah. it's just going to get... You have to think about who you're making them for, and if they're really going to care about yeah, it. Yeah, and no one cared um, about the crumbs <laughs> from the lemon cake. Exactly. Yeah, they, they liked it uh, regardless. I also... One other thing I did, and I can't, maybe I forgot to mention this on my blog, but um, I kind of ran out of the glaze mixture, and uh, mm-hmm. so for the rest of the cakes, I used lemon curd, which I had already in oh. the refrigerator, and it was really good. Um I'm, I'm sure it would be. I mean, I, I think, I think like lemon curd with a cake, that, that is, I like the citrus, the like really bright right. flavor, that sort of thing. So that seems like that would be, and especially if you were kind of like, oh, I, there wasn't enough lemon flavor, mm-hmm. then the lemon curd is definitely going to help that out. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah. I wonder, are there many desserts that are listed in the Feast of Ice and Fire? Yeah, book? there's quite a few. Uh, generally every region uh, as part of the menu, we'll have one or two sweet dishes mm-hmm. and a beverage. Um, I feel like I remember less desserts being talked about in the book, but they definitely were there, especially yeah. later 
in the series when there are a few more actual feasts being talked about. Right. Um, the- I remember in like some of the hotter places there being like almost a, um, not an ice cream, but something like that being made, some sort of a, a flavored ice. Yeah, I think in Dorne. And what I've. I could be wrong. I could have overlooked something, but I don't think there's any chocolate in the book. So that's another oh, interesting. interesting, you know, that's what we think of when we, we think dessert. But yeah, and a lot of the desserts are not really over the top. Um, mm-hmm. like, well, a couple are like there's a there's some sort of sugar swans where they they shape oh, sugar yeah. or sponge sugar somehow into a swan. I haven't tried that, but oh, um, that's over the top. Yeah, that but sounds very complicated. <laughs> a lot of the desserts are pretty simple and uh just not fussy, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, I always, I always like accidentally talk about Game of Thrones like it's real, but I'm wondering in medieval, <laughs> in the medieval world too. Like, I mean, I'm white sugar like we think of it did not mm-hmm. exist. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm imagining they're using a lot of honey to sweeten things. Yeah. Um, so, so I would, I would, it makes sense to me that there wouldn't be as many dessert. They're using more like actual fruit to sweeten things. Um, I know they talk about like. Pears like poached in wine. Yeah, some, I think that, that's on the cover things. of the book, actually. Or maybe not. Oh, it's on the back cover. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, once you reduce wine, you know, especially if it's a sweeter one, you can get, you know, the sweetness there. Mm-hmm. But I, I would imagine most of their desserts are more, like, fruit or a honey-based sweetness. Yeah, cause... and I think that, you know, for the purposes of the book, I think they did kind of um, incorporate modern ingredients uh, just for mm-hmm. the ease, you know, for our sakes, you know, to make it easier on exactly. us. Exactly. But, yeah. Because I can't imagine, I mean, people people ha- do make medieval recipes, but that, that's got to be difficult <laughs> to actually find the ingredients for it. And um, to make to make the recipe work correctly, there are, are much more ingredients available now to make things easier for us. Right. So, right. like, why not use sugar <laughs> if you can? Why punish you yourself? You know, instead of, <laughs> exactly. Um. So let me see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. Uh, so what I, I what are things that you want to make next in addition to the, the posts that you've done on food in general? What what would you like to try next from this? The book? Uh, well, I think well I think this book really shines in the main dishes, um, mm-hmm. like the proteins. There's like almond crusted mm-hmm. trout. Um, Ooh. Uh, just let's see. There was some kind of roast. Oh, aurochs roast aurochs. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know even I'm, know what an hour is. I don't says. know if I'm pronouncing that right, but apparently. <laughs> I, that sounds pretty much like what I, how I say it, so who knows. <laughs> it's an extinct bovine. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So would you just use you beef? You use beef, for it, yeah. Or? or, you know, I guess if you had, I guess you could use any kind of big cut, but beef would be the closest. I'm wondering even if you could use like buffalo or something. Yeah, if you had something access elk, to that. Something like that. For sure, yeah. Um, oh, and you made the, the, was it, pork uh or no you made lamb like rack oh, of lamb rack of lamb oh it was so good and i'm i've never cooked lamb before i so hadn't either tell me a little bit about how that was it was well <clears throat> it looks so impressive but half of the work mm-hmm. is done if you buy it already french so the rack of lamb has these tips of bone yeah. sticking out and your butcher has already cleaned all the meat and everything off those so they have like this refined <laughs> kind of yeah. look to them and then all you do is sear them in a pan. And I'm sure, like, this is a real basic concept. You sear it, uh, season it, sear it, and then roast it in the oven, and it kind mm-hmm. of seals in the juice. So you get the good, like, yeah, so you get the good, like, caramelized, yeah. like, 
on the outside. Exactly. So, so it sounds like I, for some reason in my head, like I get really intimidated cooking different meats than I'm used to. Like for a long time, I, I've never been vegetarian, but I always ate a lot of vegetarian dishes, but recently I've been trying to cook more meats. And so like when I saw that post at first, I was like, oh man, I could, I could never do that. But it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of the recipes in these books are a lot easier than you would assume. They oh would yeah. Be. I think, I think they're very accessible, uh, even to someone who's not familiar with cooking. The only thing I, like mm-hmm. the only thing I'm critical about is there mm-hmm. are a couple things like just reading through the recipes and actually cooking them. Um, I'll stumble across things that maybe weren't explained well or, um, or like they'll skip something and I'll have to kind of assume like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they meant to already have your, um, saute pan out and heating, you know, things like that. Um, and I don't know that maybe their editor wasn't used to doing uh, cookbooks. I'm not sure, but cookbooks. Yeah. And as in general, that's why I think, I think that's why I really prefer, um, cooking blogs, cooking blogs versus a cookbook because when there are like gaps like that in a recipe people are going to catch that in the comments so mm-hmm. when i when i go to a recipe i always read it all the way through and then i go down to the comments to see if there's something that the author addressed there yeah. that someone's like oh when it said this it meant it meant this yeah um i think that's definitely a positive of that um, and, and then it's nice too for instance if people are looking to get into cooking stuff from game of thrones they could go to your blog and see your experience with it and that's going to help them be able to make it a lot these yeah. are any recipe. That's definitely um, my they hope. Want to try. Yeah. So wonderful. Is well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in your experience with cooking or Game of Thrones? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I could talk about it all day, but I don't yeah, I yeah. don't have anything in particular. This was a lot of fun. Well, this has been Oh good. No, I I've really enjoyed it. I'm I know I, I like to cook a lot. I think that I've, I've spoken with several of our fans, like, about just general cooking, like, I'll tweet about it and they talk back to me. So, I think this is, I think a lot of people are getting really into cooking. I, maybe it's more accessible now because there are so many food blogs online, but I, I hope that people will, if they were slightly intimidated by the cookbook, um, I hope that you'll try it because yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of recipes are a lot, it's a lot easier than you think it's going to be. It is. To try it things. Is. And I would say that even if you're not interesting in, in, interested in cooking, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, uh, even just mm-hmm. reading the book, it sort of adds mm-hmm. a whole new dimension to your experience of Game of Thrones. Um, it, I, that's probably what surprised me the most about it was just when I first got the book and reading through it and um, how excited I got. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so I, it was, it's unexpected, but it really brings it to life in a way that you don't often get with most media. Yeah. that. So now I've been like, pondering buying the cookbook and now i think i'm gonna have to do it because <laughs> do it i don't know why i have it up until this point i, I, I mean i love to cook and i love experimenting so i think i think i'm gonna do it and you know if you're interested um the the book is called a feat is it a feast of ice and fire a feast of ice um, and fire blog, it's, mm-hmm. and it's by chelsea monroe mm-hmm. castle and sirian lehrer and it's based on the food blog in at the crossroads and um so now we'll, let's talk about just where you, you guys know where to find me. I'm at Jennifer Cheek on Twitter with Cast of Thrones. Um, and Allison, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, foodingeneral.com. And I'm on Twitter at foodingeneral. So yeah, if you have any questions, if you're, you know, making any of these recipes, ask Allison. Absolutely. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you should definitely check her blog out. There are a lot. She does reviews. I've seen you do reviews of restaurants as well. And you're going to be doing some book reviews even soon. Is that going to be happening? Um, hopefully. Cookbooks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, no. I, I am. I have started writing some book reviews, but that's very new. Okay. 
Yeah. So, you know, check her out her blog and see what's coming up. So, yeah. Thank you so much. I guess. So until next time, try something new cooking wise. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Okay.